morning, Exodus chapter number 19, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. If you're new to your Bibles, that's the second book of the Bible, so you go to the book of Genesis, which is the first book at the beginning, and turn one book over, you'll find the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter number 19, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1, Exodus chapter number 19 and verse number 1. Let's all stand to our feet, if we could please, in honor of the Word of God this morning. Exodus chapter 19 and verse number 1. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. They were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come to thee in a thick cloud, the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their clothes. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Turn, if you would please, over to chapter 20. And look at verse number 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and did what? Stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that His fear may be before your faces that you sin not. And the people, what? Stood afar off. And Moses did what? Under the thick darkness where God was. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please speak to hearts this morning. Pour out your Spirit upon this service. Guide and direct my thoughts and my speech and help me please to communicate clearly and to communicate only what you would have me to say. Please, Holy Spirit, anoint this service with power from on high. Fill me and use me. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. 
And the people, do you see it in verse number 21 again? Stood afar off. And Moses drew near under the thick darkness where God was. Here's the story. I believe it's probably mostly understandable as already read. But Israel had been captive in Egypt for about 430 years. They were slaves, and towards the end, the slavery was hard upon them. Pharaoh had defied the God of heaven and would not let Israel go, and so, of course, God sent all of the plagues upon Egypt in order to prove His power and in order uh, to deliver Israel out of the hands of Pharaoh and out of the hands of the Egyptians. They come to the edge of the waters, God parts the sea and swallows up Pharaoh's army in the sea as they continue to pursue after them. They've seen many miracles. And the Bible tells us, I want you to see here in chapter 19 again, and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, In the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt. So this is about three months after God calls them out of Egypt. Is everybody okay? Now, Egypt coming out of, or Israel coming out of Egypt and being saved by God out of their captivity is a picture of God calling His children out of the world and saving us from our sin and from the damnation of hell. Is everybody okay? It's a picture of God delivering His people from the slavery of sin and from the slavery to the world that we live in because our flesh so much desires those things. It's a picture of God also delivering us from the world. Egypt is a picture of the world and God delivered Israel from Egypt and He wants to deliver many lost from their sin and from the slavery of it just as He delivered Egypt. If you are sitting here this morning and you do not know if you are on your way to heaven, if you are not 100% certain in your heart that if you were to die right now, right at this moment, if you were to slip into eternity, are you 100% certain that you are on your way to heaven or would you have any doubt about it? If you would have any doubt at all, God wants to deliver you from your sin and from the damnation of hell. He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross of Calvary and the payment that Jesus made on that cross when He shed His blood for your sins was enough to cover all of your sins, past, present, and future. And all you have to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and He can deliver you from your bondage of sin. The bondage of sin that keeps you tied up and keeps you addicted and keeps you bothered and keeps pestering you and hurting you. God wants to deliver you from that, but He also wants to deliver you from the bondage of it in eternity so that you don't have to spend eternity in a burning hell. This is a picture of God delivering sinners from their sin and bringing them to a point of salvation. And then, three months... After they get delivered from Egypt, God does something. What's He do? 
says, all right. Now I want to get closer to you. I've delivered you. Remember when I delivered you out of Egypt? Remember when I drowned the armies of, of the Egyptians? Remember all of that? Okay, now, I want you to take another step. I want to be closer to you. He says, I want to make you a peculiar treasure unto me. Something that is unusual in the earth. I want to make you holy and different. And he says, I want to walk with you on a level that you have never known before. I want to be closer to the people that I love. And I want you to understand something this morning. That God loves every one of you in this room. Whether you are lost or whether you are saved. And God desires to be closer to you than you are today. I do not understand how in the world the holy God of heaven who lives far above anything I can comprehend and in a reality that I cannot comprehend or understand, I cannot understand how a holy God would want to come and walk closer with this sinner. But He does. He doesn't just want us to be saved. He wants to be close. Think about the most precious people in your life. Okay. When when I say this phrase, who's the most important person to you? When I say that, somebody comes to mind. Who matters to you the most? Somebody comes to mind. Might be a grandmother. An aunt or an uncle. A mom or a dad. It might be a husband or a wife. Who matters to you the most? Now let me ask you this. How much would you give if they've slipped out into eternity and they're not here anymore, how much would you give to be closer to them one more time? And why do you have a desire to be close to that person? Whether they're still alive or whether they've slipped into eternity. Why do you have a desire to be close to that person? Because you care for them deeply. Yes? That grandmother who mattered so much to you, who invested so, who showed you so much love and care and compassion. Oh, to spend just five more minutes with her, how precious it would be. That's where some of your minds went. Oh, to spend just a few more minutes with my mom or my dad. Why is that? Because you care deeply about that person, yes? Maybe you still get to have that person in your life. Maybe it's your husband or your wife. You're both still alive. Can I say soak up every minute that you can together? Don't take them for granted. But the person that matters to you the most, you want to be close to them. Yes? Now think about what God is asking these people to do. Three months after He delivered them, He says, okay, now, I want to be so close to you that you are unlike anybody else in the earth. I want you to be my people and I want to know you on a level that we haven't known each other before and I want you to know me on a level that we haven't known each other before. I want you to be a peculiar treasure unto me. Those are the words he used. Go read it again. Why would he do that? Because he cares that much about you. 
because He cared that much about them. God wasn't trying to draw them closer because it was some obligation or requirement of their walk with Him. It was because He desired it. And I have a hard time comprehending why that would be, that God would want to be closer to a sinner like me, but He does. And He wants to be closer to a sinner like you because He cares for you above all things in the earth. Amen. Do you understand that of all the things that God has created in this earth, that there is one thing that in another place in the Scriptures He says is His inheritance? Well, God created the diamonds that people will give their entire fortunes to try to find. God created all of the gold. God created all of the oil that nations are fighting wars over. He created the most valuable things that are in the earth today. He created the sun, moon, and stars. He could have inherited any of that. And He says that His people are His chosen inheritance. Think about the inheritance that maybe you will or won't get one of these days. Things that you could inherit if you had a choice. And God has a choice. And He says, I choose you as my inheritance. Don't understand that. But that is because He loves us that much. Is everybody okay? Are you, are you starting to get this at all? He takes a whole nation that He brought out from Egypt who weren't perfect yet, they weren't righteous yet, they weren't holy yet, they were still dealing with a whole bunch of their sins, and He says, okay, now, I want to be closer to you. I want to walk nearer to you. Now, can I say this? There will come times in every Christian's life, and it usually happens sometime after you get delivered from your sin. In this case, it was three months after they were delivered. There will come a turning point where God begins to work on your heart in a way that He has not done it since you got saved. And here's the first work He's going to start working on. He doesn't want you to just be saved and dwell with Him one day. He wants you to go deeper in a relationship with Him and to know Him on a deeper level. And He wants to draw you closer than just being saved and going to heaven. Amen. And it is at this turning point that many make the mistake that Israel made when He began to draw them closer and they got right on the doorstep of beginning to dwell with God on a deeper level and beginning to know Him on a deeper level. And right at the point where God was about to transform their lives and make them into a peculiar treasure like He said He would do in Exodus 19, they backed away. Would you look at it again in verse number 21? And the people stood afar off, and Moses, what? 
Do you see it in verse number 21 of chapter 20? I'm sorry, chapter 20 and verse number 21. And the people stood afar off, and Moses, what? Drew near. In Exodus chapter 19 and verse number 5, God says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. He says, I own it all, but I want you above it all. Are you getting this? And right at that moment of decision where God said, I want to be close to you. They walked away and one man drew near. The entire nation. It's kind of scary. I don't know. But I don't know about this next step. God, you kind of scare me a little. And Moses says, wait, 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 wait. That's in the Hebrew. He says, wait, wait a minute. Don't fear. Draw near. Uh, uh, and Moses said, all right, fine. I'll go. I'll get closer. And the Bible says the people stood afar off and Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God dwelt. And Moses essentially becomes the spokesperson now between Israel and God because they didn't want to draw near like he did. Now please listen to me. As they were confronted by God with this decision to draw nearer to Him, there were some things He asked of them that I think were the reason why they could not take that step. And I don't know if I'll preach all of them or just give you one. I plan to just give you one at a time as we go through the three things that I believe could be the turning point between you knowing God on a sweet and precious and deeper level and being made by Him a peculiar treasure above all things in the earth. And you have a choice to make. And God's going to ask three things of you before you can draw near. Number one, look if you would please at Exodus chapter number 19 and see what God asked them to do to prepare to draw near. Verse number 10 of Exodus 19. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people, and what? Sanctify them, 
today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Now listen, if you read a little further, God says you are not to break through onto the mountain. Because if you do, especially in your uncleanness, you'll be struck through and die. Now that might scare some people. He wasn't asking them though to come dwell on the mountain. He was just asking them to draw near. And he says, if you try to come on that mountain as an unclean person, you won't survive. And this gives us, I believe, the first point. The first turning point where many people get so close to drawing closer to God and walk away. And it's this thing called sanctification. When God said, Moses, before you bring them closer to the mountain, I want you to sanctify them. What does that mean? Now stay with me. Is everybody okay? To sanctify means to make clean. We see that referenced in verse number 10 where the Bible says, let them wash their clothes. But He also asks them to wash themselves spiritually and make themselves spiritually clean. To sanctify means to make clean, to appoint for a specific purpose, to dedicate yourself for a specific purpose, to prepare yourself for a specific purpose, to purify yourself wholly and commit yourself wholly unto the Lord. So here's what it essentially means. Can I simplify? When God begins to call you nearer, He's going to also begin to work on your heart to try to clean you up and prepare you for something greater. It's called sanctifying. And as a Christian, what God will do is He will work on you little by little through the power of His Holy Spirit. And I think it's in John chapter number 17 where Jesus says, uh, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth. Is everybody okay? Oh, we need to go look at it. John chapter 17. Um, I think I wrote it down. Verse number 16. Uh, turn your Bibles to the New Testament. Go to John chapter number 16, uh, 17, excuse me, in verse number 7. Uh, John chapter 17, verse number 16. There we go. Jesus is praying to the Father. He's getting ready to leave this world. He prays unto the Father for His people that He has reached with the Gospel. Are you with me? So... His New Testament people, His New Testament Christians, a lot more like you and me than the Old Testament people. Is everybody okay? And before Jesus leaves these shores, He asks God the Father to do something with His people. Are you with me? John chapter 17, verse number 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through Thy what? 
Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the what? Truth. Here's what's happening. If you're going to walk in a closer relationship with God that goes a lot deeper than just being saved and on your way to heaven. You are going to have to let God clean you up from all of the sins that you struggle with and that never ends. Some Christians get the idea that because they've been in church a while that they don't need to be cleaned up anymore. That's amazing. You must be a much better Christian than Paul the Apostle was. Anybody in here want to stand up and say, I'm pretty sure I have achieved a higher level of Christianity than Paul the Apostle. Anybody willing to do that? I can't. And you know what he said? Not, oh wretched man that I was, oh wretched man that I currently in my present state of life I am. That which I should do, I don't do. That which I shouldn't do, I do. Paul said, even while I serve Christ, as probably the greatest missionary that ever lived, even while I serve Christ, I war in this flesh. Is everybody okay? This process of sanctification, God cleaning you up and preparing you for a better work, preparing you to be closer to Him, because you see, God cannot look upon sin. So, He has covered our sin with the blood of Jesus Christ, but He also asks us in order to come closer to Him to sanctify ourselves, to clean ourselves up, to walk nearer with Him. Young man, if you believe that you're called to preach, if you want God to anoint what you do with His power, you've got to let Him clean you up. Sanctification is a process that happens as the Word of Truth is revealed to us little by little, Christian step by Christian step, truth by truth, and there should never come a time in our lives where we are not humble enough to let God's Word clean us up some more. Oh Lord, do I say that? I'll be careful how I say it. I want to say it lovingly. But I do get a little fired up about this. I said to somebody recently, truth is, as a pastor, over the years, maybe some preachers are different, but this is just my heart, I would rather work with a new Christian who is not all the way cleaned up, but they're hungry and growing and they want to learn even if they're not all the way there, even if they're not all the way clean, and none of us are all the way cleaned up, I should say, even if they're struggling with things that ought to be obvious things, give me the Christian who's open and hungry and trying to grow, even though they're still struggling with some simple things, over the Christian who's been sitting in the pew and they're growing moss on their back and they don't think they need to change anymore. Because the truth is, when you get to that point, you're probably done anyway.
I'd rather work with somebody who's growing in the Lord and, and needs a little more help and maybe isn't at the level that some of the highfalutin Christians in the church are. It, to me, it's more invigorating and more energizing and more fun and more fulfilling to work with somebody that wants to grow than it is somebody who's stuck in their ways. Amen. And usually, that's the people that are just now learning about Christ. And they're still smoking, and they're still drinking, and they're still cussing, and they're still having a hard time going to the parties, and they're still having a hard time separating from their worldly friends, and they're still living a life in, in, in ways that other Christians would thumb their nose at and look down their nose at them and say, well, that person isn't where I am spiritually. No, you're exactly right. They're a lot more moldable than you are. As a Christian... There ought to never be a day when we say, well, I'm wholly sanctified. Because even Paul himself said, I have not yet attained. Hello? <laughs> but I do strive for it. And little by little, as we grow in the Lord, there will be people in our church that are at all different levels. I know I keep saying this, but can I remind you? That means it's a healthy church. Because that means that church is reaching people who are saved and newly saved. And if they're newly saved, they're still growing in the Lord. And there should be in your church people at all different levels of the Christian walk. If there isn't, and your church is just full of moss-back Christians that are all looking for reasons to criticize each other, and they're not humbling the services anymore, and they don't come to the altar anymore, and they don't weep during the songs anymore, and their heart isn't stirred by the preaching anymore, I can't preach to that church. You want to wear a preacher out that desires revival and desires to see people saved? You'll wear a preacher out by not being moldable anymore. Amen. I don't want to just come to a church and share information. I want to come to a church and see God move. And I thank God that he, that he does here. And that I believe that we have a humble group of people. But can I encourage you, there is a reason why some of you have struggled to get closer to God. And it's because you have stopped letting Him clean things out of your life. And He said, Moses, I want them to be closer to me. But I need you to teach them that they've got to clean up. Are you listening? Amen. Teach them they got to clean up. And y'all, there's, there's a deeper level to this than just getting cleaned up. Because it's more, it's more than just allowing God to purify us and cleanse us. The Bible says it is also about being committed and dedicated to the cause. Amen. To be sanctified means to clean something up and set it aside for a purpose. Amen. Are you with me? Today, many of us are going to go home or maybe go to a restaurant and grab some lunch. I'm sorry, some dinner. You go home and grab some lunch or go to the restaurant and grab some lunch. How many of you ever been to... Now, maybe you don't do this. Call me, call me whatever you want to call me. But if I ever go to a buffet... When I pick up the plates on the stack, I'm going to pull a plate out and I'm going to inspect it. Is there anything on this plate? Because I know in those buffets, man, they're just trying to crank through the dishes as fast as they can. I'll pick up a plate and I'll look at it. I'll look at the surface. 
Okay, how's this look? Does it look clean? More than once, I picked up a plate at a buffet. It's greasy to the touch. And I'll go, nope. Sometimes I'll go through two, three, four of them and keep putting people are standing there watching like, what is wrong with this weirdo? And then I'll go over to the silverware. And I'll look at the pieces of silver and I'll go, mm, put that one down. I think that's just a water spot. I think I can live with that. What am I looking for? I'm looking for something that's been sanctified, cleaned up, and set aside for a specific use. If it's clean, it's usable. Hello? The Bible says that God is trying to make out all of us vessels that are meat for the Master's use. Do you know what that means? It means vessels that are prepared to be used by God. He's trying to clean us all up. And every now and then, you'll come over to the dishwasher and say, all right, Lord, clean me up. And you'll sit down at the dishwasher known as the church service, right? Or the dishwasher known as your Bible time. And God will clean a little spot off of you. And you'll come out there and say, okay, I'm ready to be used. And God will pick up the plate and go, eh, okay, bud, let's I'll put you down for a second. We're going to clean that part up too. I need to keep working on you. But the, the, the process is that little by little, God will reveal things to your heart through the preaching of His Word and through the reading of His Word. He will little by little begin to reveal things to you that need to be cleaned up. And the whole purpose for that is that He wants to make out of us a peculiar treasure unto Him that is ready to be used by God in our generation. So that a generation of people that are dying and going to hell have a whole bunch of vessels that are prepared and cleaned up by God and are ready to be used to reach our generation for Christ. And God wants to use some on a deeper level than just being a soul winner. God wants to call some to be preachers. God wants to call some to be missionaries. God wants to call some to be evangelists. God wants to use some at an even deeper level than just to be a soul winner. But you have got to let God clean you up. And some of you will come to that point of decision and if you're not careful, you'll see the work that God is trying to do in you and you're not going to know what's happening, but your flesh is going to spring up and say, nope, it's too far for me. I want to go to heaven, but that's too close. I'm not ready to give those things up. And what will happen is, when God got you right to the brink of saying, okay, you're saved and on your way to heaven, now, next step. I want to be close. He's going to start pointing things out to you in your heart and mind and saying, okay, now clean it up. All right, now repent of it. One thing at a time. Service by service. Devotional time by devotional time. He's trying to draw you closer. Will you do as Moses did and draw near unto God.
Or will you do as Egypt did, uh, Israel did? And take a step back and say, that's too far. I want to go to heaven, but I don't want that. Well, can I tell you what you're sacrificing? You are sacrificing a deep relationship with God and blessings from God that you will never know until you draw near. You will never regret drawing close to God. But your flesh and the devil will try to convince you that it's one step too far. What choice are you going to make? Exodus chapter number 20, and let's look at it in verse number 21 again, please, and we're done. Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 21. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. Do you see that? Would you read it with me again? Look at it in verse number 21 of Exodus chapter 20. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew... You see that. Three months after they got saved, God now asked them to take another step. And the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near. Dear Heavenly Father, I beg You please that You would speak to hearts this morning. Help us to be willing and ready to be a precious vessel, a peculiar treasure unto You above all people in the earth. Lord, I pray that You would imprint upon the hearts of everybody here a desire to draw closer. With heads back.